Welcome to the Disciple Making Leader Podcast, your resource for exploring the world of disciple making and leadership within the church. Discover Jesus' strategy for raising up leaders, growing the church, and multiplying a movement. Let's jump into today's episode and explore the power of a disciple making leader. Hey, all right. Well, welcome to this edition uh, in our podcast, the Disciple Making Leader Podcast. Man, I am so excited. How excited for, are you? I, I'm really excited. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just full of joy. Uh, you know, it came right out of the life of Jesus, full of joy. But I excited for this this uh, edition of our podcast as we continue to talk about this idea of a disciple making leader. Yes. And uh, I, I have my good friend. My, let me, well, let me introduce myself first. My name is Glenn. Under Hill. I'm the executive director for Disciple First, a ministry that's really committed to helping the local church mm-hmm. and to empower the local church to really make and multiply disciples like Jesus. So, and we do that in several different ways through training and coaching and uh, and resources. In fact, a lot of what we're talking today and are and have been even in our last set of podcasts uh, recordings and episodes is this idea of a disciple making leader we, in which you wrote a book who, and my get and my co-host is my good friend Craig wrote a book called the disciple making leader so do you want to introduce yourself real quick yeah man thank you Glenn uh, Craig Etheridge here and um, pastor at Cross Creek Church in the Dallas Fort Worth area and uh, yeah, we uh, put this book together, Disciple Making Leader, and uh, man, we've we've gotten some great traction uh, with this. We've been on several other podcasts, national podcasts. We've been training uh, pastors. There seems to be uh, scratching an itch where you know a lot of guys, Glenn, they 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 get that we need to be making disciples. You know, they understand that, but they also have all these leadership expectations and and leadership challenges, mm-hmm. and uh, I think. I think this is kind of putting those two things together and saying, okay, how do I lead my church, but do it through the lens of a disciple making leader? And um, uh, man, this has really been helping a lot of guys and a lot of pastors. And certainly it's what we're working through. I mean, it's not just pie in the sky for us. I mean, we're banging it out in the trenches right now uh, doing these principles as well. So we, we come uh, as a, as a fellow traveler, not as an expert necessarily, uh, and we're we could share. You like to say you you bear the marks in your body, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, many many marks. The challenges. Yes. Uh, but but nevertheless, uh, so important that we really talk through this. So uh, that's why we have the Disciple Making Leader podcast to try to unpack these. Uh, pieces of how to be a disciple-making leader and apply it to leaders that are putting it to work every single day. Yeah, that's really good. So on on this episode, I I, I really want us to talk about this idea of why it is really necessary for every church to have a leadership pipeline. Now, in some of our episodes, I think it was maybe episode three and, or, or, and, and also a little bit in episode two, we talked about this idea of having a pathway, uh, a spiritual pathway that is mm-hmm. your developing your product, a, a mm-hmm. disciple, right? Yeah. The importance of that. But now what we're saying is, is not only is it important to have a, have a pathway, but it's, it's as equally important 
to have a pipeline. And I've heard you say this on numerous occasions. You said that the movements of tomorrow depend on a on, on leaders that you build today. Right. So with that right. thought in mind, as we talk about this idea of why it's important for churches to have a pipeline, let's unpack what you said there. What what did you what were you trying to convey in a sense uh, when you say, hey, if we're gonna have movements that go beyond us, it's absolutely imperative that we be building um, those those kinds of leaders today. Yeah, I, I think, um, you, know, you just think about it, your church will never grow without leaders, right? I mean, we all, you can't add new groups without leaders. You can't add new ministries without leaders. You can't, you can't multiply your church, can't multiply in any capacity really without raising up leaders. And I, I think in, in the past, Glenn, that people have kind of said, well, Jesus was kind of this disciple maker, but he really wasn't a, a, a leader developer. And I would totally disagree with that. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, you look at the life of Christ, you and I've studied him for a long time and we still feel like we're just scratching the surface, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, um, Jesus was constantly, intentionally developing leaders. And he took these common ordinary men and he launched them into movement builders. And so as you make disciples, uh, you are at the same time developing leaders and these leaders should be rising up to every level of your organization. And, and I just think it's super important, Glenn, because it, you need leaders at every level that have a disciple-making mindset. And most of the time, a pastor may want to make disciples. He may want to direct his church that way. But the leaders that are in these different strata of the organization, they, they don't really get it. They don't understand it. That's not their DNA. That's not what they want to do. And so you have this wrestling of a philosophy of ministry. And what we found in our church is the more our leaders buy into what Jesus did and how disciples are made and are living that out, to that degree, we're all singing off the same sheet of music, so to speak. We're yeah. all walking in the same step and we're moving together. And so we need more leaders at every stage of, of the church, every level of the church in leadership that understands disciple making. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've heard it said that Jesus was both a, a disciple maker and a movement builder. And yep. if you really, as you study the life of Jesus, as you mentioned, you will see that the latter part of his public ministry really isn't on the kind of making of the disciples piece, though they were continuing to do that. Yeah. But there was a strong emphasis on leadership development yeah. as he was now beginning to invest in these leaders who would really lead the movement after he was sended back to the father, because at that point he was kind of the leader of that movement. Um, he had kind of taken those reins over from John uh, the Baptist and, um, and now was going to be turning that over to these few leaders that had been with him for a, for a period of time. So um, let, let's talk about then this idea. What is a, what exactly is a leadership pipeline? Yeah, that's really a great question. And leadership pipeline is has been out, you know, out and about, especially in the marketplace world for over over twenty years. Uh, Walter Mailer uh, really kind of coined the phrase. He was a consultant for General Electric back in the seventies, and then he began to 
kind of investigate how do leaders kind of work their way up the organization? You always kind of know about the guy starts in the mail room and he kind of <laughs> runs this little part and then he moves to this department head and then and he kind of works his way up. And we all, we, we all know people that are like that. And so he started to ask the questions, what are the stages and what are the what are, what are the levels of leadership in an organization how do, and how do people navigate through them? And of course, his research really was taken over by Jim Noel and Ram Sharon, uh, who really wrote the landmark book, The Leadership Pipeline, that came out in 2000. And this really caught on fire in the business world. Everybody was grabbing this this book. I've read it through cover to cover uh, a couple of times. And uh, it's really the 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 book is is a little dry and a little, you know, it's it's not you're not gonna laugh out loud, you know, reading this book. Uh, and it, it it takes in it has in mind a global it, large international company. All right. So it, it it's it's a big, big scale. Nevertheless, the principles are true really with any organization. You're going to have different stages of leadership. And so how do you recruit and train and develop leaders at every stage of the of the organization? And that's really where probably about 10 years ago, the church started getting a hold of this book and started saying, hey, well, this – this may have some uh, help for us. You know, Mac Lake, who's a, our friend that uh, I was on Mac's podcast recently talking about this book, and uh, he's really cut a lot of ground in this area. And we love his resources and, and recommend them because mm-hmm. uh, Mac has done a great job and really kind of drilling down in from a leadership level of what, what to do at every stage. So we're using those resources. We certainly recommend them to you. Um, but But he began to... So we'll talk about this too. So I, I was hearing a little bit from Mac, and I was I was I listening to another podcast where they were talking about it. And so there's it's kind of been out in the stratosphere, so to speak, of church world that hey, we need to do a better job identifying and raising up leaders. So I guess you would just say a leadership pipeline is your intentional plan to recruit and uh, train and develop and deploy leaders. You know, at every stage of your uh, church, and and some churches do that really intentionally, really well. And some people, they're the way they do it is, hey, we have an emergency, we have a crisis. If you can fog a mirror, come in here, and we'll just stick you in, in with the two year olds, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, the proverbial you know crisis, you know. And that's not a good leadership pipeline strategy. But uh, we we all could get better, you know, at this. So I'm going to ask you this question. And uh, you, you lead a church, obviously a senior leader at a at senior pastor at a church. Is a leadership pipeline biblical? And and so I we go back to the life of Jesus. So essentially, I I I, I know that's kind of not something, but it this is something we encounter because yeah. I we just got done doing a huge training mm-hmm. uh, this last week with some some leaders, and I could see as we were talking about this idea of a leadership pipeline, arms getting folded, mm-hmm. uh, kind of some some kind of uh, you know backs kind of getting stiff. You know, is this you know how biblical is this? And I I'd, I'd really love for you to just. Talk about that really briefly because I I think it's important because we do uh, you know we're we're really centered on this you know going back to Jesus so let let just talk about that really quickly um, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on it but I think uh, yeah. it's important that we touch down on that absolutely so 
obviously I think it is when you look at the life of Jesus. You know, I, it hit me the other day as I was um, I'm leading a Bible study with a bunch of executive guys in our church, and we're we're going through the Gospel of John, and we're in John 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And, you know, that chapter is broken down into three sections. The first section, Jesus prays for himself. The second section, Jesus prays for his disciples. But the third section, Jesus prays for all those who will come because of the witness of these disciples. In other words, Jesus had in mind that these men would then be deployed to create a movement. That was already in his mind. That wasn't something that kind of came on him later. He was very intentional from the very beginning. You know, and, and we, we unpack in the pathway the four stages of how Jesus developed his men. And he had in the very beginning how to develop his leaders, how to make sure that they were overseeing others. In fact, I think when you see the 72, the 12 and the 72, you see some of them training others and you see the, these principles of leadership being developed in the 12. So I think you certainly see it in the life of Jesus. Uh, maybe they're not in strata of uh, like what we're talking about in a modern leadership pipeline, but he is developing leaders that do lead mm-hmm. and they do lead movements right. and they do have structure to in them. Right. You know, there is a Jerusalem council in Acts 15. There, there are, there is, there are the apostles and there are those underneath them and they're making decisions. So there, there's clearly some kind of leadership structure in place in the early church and Jesus prepared them for that. Um, but I also think when you look at the apostle Paul, you see it as well. You know, I was talking with some guy, the, you know, at that conference, you know, and he was like, well, I think Paul did it one way and Jesus did it another way. And I'm like, well, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. First Corinthians 11, one. Paul followed the same methodology. And when you read in 2 Timothy, the very last chapter of the very last book that Tim, uh, that Paul writes, he lists 20 leaders. Mm-hmm. And these are all the people that he says, two of them are bad, stay away from these other guys. But here are, the, here are all my other leaders that I've trained and I've deployed. They're now going out and they're raising up, they're appointing elders, they're appointing leaders underneath them. So you certainly see this leadership uh, development and different levels of leadership in the life of Jesus, you see in the early church, and you see in the Apostle Paul. So I do think that leadership development is a biblical thing, uh, and not, not always a biblical thing. Jesus Jesus shows us a beautiful model of how to do it. Yeah, and that's that was really good because I think it's important to say that as as a person is moving along the pathway, uh, you're also beginning to identify that that a leader may have that an individual might have a some skills and gifting in leadership, and so you're also then you know how, as you're making those observations uh, and Holy Spirit is working, then you're also seeing well, hey, we want to help develop them up this leadership pipeline. So uh, let's talk about in a, just kind of get down to the nitty gritty, kind of do some um, you know some real practical pieces here you talk about um as you know in in the book and you've you know as we train that there are really five levels of of leadership this leadership pipeline what are those five phases and maybe just give a a quick little description of each yeah sure and and, and in following episodes we're going to dive into each one of these so we're just kind of giving a a general 30,000 foot overview. Uh, but think about five different levels. The, the, the first level is what we call the self-leader. This is a, someone who's not really leading anybody. At this point, they're just a volunteer. And so, you know, your church, 
our church runs on these people, right? That are just serving coffee and rocking babies and and um, volunteering in multiple multiple facets of of the church, and we're so thankful for them. So the self leader is not responsible for relating anyone but themselves. Uh, the, the next level of leadership above that would be the team leader, and this is a person that now is responsible for leading a team to accomplish a ministry task. So this may be a um, you know, a group leader, it may be uh, someone who oversees a coffee team or a welcome team or a worship team or whatever, but they have got a, a team of three to five to seven people underneath them that they are responsible to shepherd and love and give direction to. So whereas you have a self-leader is like a volunteer, like right. maybe they're in kids ministry or whatever, or, or student, maybe student ministry in some capacity, um, a, a team leader is definitely there is definitely a distinction that they're now giving maybe a little bit more they're giving some oversight to a team of volunteers right exactly of self leaders that's exactly right so they're leading volunteers in a team to accomplish a ministry task and then you have this third level which is what we call leaders of leaders and this would be someone who oversees multiple team leaders okay so let's let's take it to a a greeter scenario okay a self leader would be somebody that's greeting at the door, right? A team leader would be a person that oversees a group of greeters at the door and make sure they're there and make sure they're trained and, and fills up the gaps and answers problems if they have anything. But a, uh, a leader of leaders might be someone who oversees all the uh, door greeters and the ushers, you know, and the coffee people. And so now they're overseeing multiple leaders, multiple team leaders, right? right? So they got multiple teams that they're working with. And this is, when we get to that episode, it's going to be really great because this is really where we're missing it, I think, a lot in, in the local church. But that uh, these leaders of leaders oversee team leads, and then you have above uh, them what would be what we call departmental leaders. They'd be somebody that oversees a whole department, like the worship department, kids department, student department, uh, guest services department, uh, communication department, whatever whatever departments you have in your church. Every church has got them, you know, to some degree. Uh, we work with tons of church plants, and even small church plants still have you know some level of responsibility like that. And then uh, then the last. One is what we call the organization leader, and this is this is a person that's overseeing all the organization. They they give direct oversight to the departmental leaders, but they're really responsible and tasked with overseeing the whole organization, making sure it's accomplishing the mission. Yeah, and so those are the five levels. Now there may be some that. You know, you're maybe just getting getting started, like I said, a church plant, and that may be a little flatter. You know, that structure may be a little flatter. Okay. Uh, you may be in a, a super big, and you need a couple more layers in there. Uh, it's really kind of able to expand as as the church grows and and becomes more complex. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what you're saying is, is that it's there's some scalability. That's right, and that. Every church may not have every single one of those five phases based on maybe size or other particular reasons here or there, but that that generally speaking, though, um, you can scale up or down based on size or scope or, 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 or functionality. Yeah, and you know, like the, the guys we were talking to this last weekend, even the ones that had their arms crossed, 
if you started just laying out, okay, tell me about your church. Do you have any volunteers? Oh yeah, we got dude. You could draw level one. Right. Do you have anybody overseeing those volunteers? <laughs> Hopefully somebody is. Oh yeah, of course we got some team. Oh okay, so you have team leaders. Do you have anybody that kind of helps uh, helps you oversee multiple teams? I bet you they could come up with a handful of people. They certainly have department leaders. I got a youth pastor. They got a worship pastor. They got a you know adult pastor something like that. And, and then then they have a lead pastor. So right right there, they clearly have a lot of these layers already in place. Right. They may not have thought about them in that regard or, you know, drawn an org chart, but but they're there. And so um, it, it it's important then to think about it and what is the dynamics of how you raise up leaders and prepare them to fill these roles. And, and I'll just say, Glenn, at our church right now, the way our fiscal year takes place and our annual meeting and all that kind of thing, we're in the process of, of, of getting ready to, uh, you know, install new leaders at different areas. Mm-hmm. You're constantly recruiting and developing leaders in your area. And you, you oversee uh, multiple department leaders. So, right. I mean, you're, you, you're at an organizational leader uh, level and that's an ongoing work. I mean, that is a, people go, well, I don't want to do that. I want to do the ministry. Well, guess what? <laughs> that is the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the ministry, you know. Raising of leaders is what Jesus did. He gave a lot of time to it. As you say, four times as much time he spent with the few as he did to the crowds. So raising up, developing leaders is absolutely critical to the mission, accomplishing the mission. You, you, um, you and I have had this conversation, and I, and I know we've talked about it quite a bit. Uh, you know, you, you talk about there really are two things that are absolutely critical, essential to clarify at each stage. What are those two things? Because I think it's, you know, it's just really, it's really um, important to, uh, to, to, to address those as we're thinking through that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would just say at every level that we just described, you need to be sure, number one, that you've kind of identified the levels that you have in your organization, but then to identify two things, the skill that's needed at that level and the commitment that's needed at that level. And what you'll find is that as you start kind of moving up uh, the levels of leadership, uh, the skills change. Right. You know, it takes a different skill to be a greeter than it does to lead multiple team leaders of greeters. You know, right. it's just a total skill. People know that instinctively in their job. That, that it takes a different set of skills. And so I think that uh, identifying what exactly do you want them to do and what is the skill set that you need for them at every level. And then number two, what is the commitment level? Usually the commitment level increases as you go up. You know, your, your level of commitment to the organization is, is certainly different than a, a person that just volunteers once a month. Right. And so – uh, what are you expecting from from them? What level of commitment are you expecting from them? And um, yeah, I think about Paul developing Timothy, you know, uh, or Titus, you know, how he developed them, how he identified them, how he brought along them with, uh, brought them along with him, uh, how they, how he constantly trained them. And we have we have whole letters of Paul to Timothy, coaching him on how to lead. Yep. You know, you just think about that. You know, uh, that's how important leadership development is in the life of the church. And so. Um, Skill level at each uh, stage and um, commitment level at each stage would be a really important piece to consider as you're drafting this out. Yeah, it's just – it's an absolute. 
um, because I think this is sometimes where as as a, a an organizational leader or even a let's even drop down to a to a department leader as you know you're working with sets of team leaders or volunteers or leaders of leaders if they they if they don't get the skill sets needed and a lot of times they they want to lead well yeah. right yeah. but because they don't have they've not being developed with those skills they they can either get burned out they can get disillusioned mm-hmm. um, you know so it, it's imperative that we 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 really help them develop those skills needed to lead at a, at that level and then also hey what's it going to take and and clarifying that for them is really good because then there's no missed expectations on either end that's so good and that yeah. is often why leader I mean that's why leaders drop out of out of church organizations and and such i mean we 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 um see that happen and and we have to go back and we have to ask the question is it just because they weren't in the right place or did we not really clarify those things really well um because if they don't they 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 do they 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 quit and move on or don't want to re-engage. Yeah, and you have conflict too, right. you know. I mean, you're, you're, you may be stressed out because they're not fulfilling what you wanted and they're stressed out because they want to do something different and it was all because there wasn't clarity on the front end. Yep. And so, um, yeah, so identifying skills and commitment level at every stage would be uh, very important. And it's, one of the things we so, talk about within my within my set of the organization is what are the three to five absolutely imperative paramount skills and then and really executing on that and making sure that's very clear i think you can have too many right oh yeah now that and then maybe what is that because what's interesting is is i think there are several skill sets that as you go up the pipeline are important but then there are some specifics to a particular job that's right so we always say there you know generally three that are absolutes for each as you're moving up but then if the as they you know from a coffee to a different type of team it might mean that it it's going to require a different skill set depending on what they're leading or 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 organization they're doing so you know three to five are are really 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 important uh because then it's not overwhelming but it's 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 precise, it's clear, and the expectations are set. Yeah. And Glenn, you know, I've, I've found that there's a, a, at the first two levels, a self-leader, the team leader, there's a lot of variance across the church in skills because, you know, the skill to be on, on a worship team is very different than a skill to volunteer on a setup team for a student event. But as you get higher in the organization, leaders of leaders, department leaders, then the, a lot of those skills are, are similar, Right, because no matter what department you're running, you have to manage you know, teams and volunteers under them, so they become a little bit more similar. So that's kind of, kind of what we're finding is we're building out our leadership pipelines. Um, that the ones at the bottom are pretty diverse, but as you move up, they become more similar. And that way, you can train multiple different department leaders on similar skills, yeah. and so that becomes helpful along the way. So. As a as a seasoned leader, the uh, seasoned disciple making leader, what do you see as some of the challenges of 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 building a leadership pipeline? 
man, I should be asking you that question. You're in the, you're in the throes of it right now. <laughs> uh, uh, let me just kind of uh, share with a few a few of them. One one is just communicating to everyone that this is important. You know, sometimes, like I said, they're like, "Well, I want to get, I want to get in the ministry. I don't want to deal with this." And like, hey, this, this is the ministry. This is the role. Developing leaders is your role. Uh, it kind of goes back to maybe that first episode we did about the superstar versus disciple-making leader. You know, disciple-making leader understands the success for me is not just that people like me, but that but I'm raising up leaders around me that are multiplying the ministry. And uh, superstars really don't raise up a lot of people around them. It's, it's just more about their personality and their charisma or their insight or their skill that's winning the day. And so I think one challenge is just getting people to understand, hey, uh, this real success for you is that you're raising up leaders around you um, and then helping them do the hard work, right, of identifying these levels and and um, identifying where their needs are. You know, that's kind of what we did. You know, one of the first things, if you're, if you're wondering, what do, what do I do first? I would say just start identifying what are your levels of leadership. Right, right. What are who are your self leaders? If you look at take a take a department, take your youth department. Okay, who are the self leaders? Who are just your volunteers? Who are your team leaders? Who are your leaders of leaders? Who who's your department leader? You can start to to grab that out. structure. Yep. Yeah, and we just went through this this exercise, this exercise again with our team. Right, and and just literally, you're writing names down. You're, I mean, you're getting very granular here, but you're starting to identify where your holes are, where your gaps are, and then okay, who do I really need to develop? So I think just number one challenge is just the understanding that this is really important. This should be an ongoing part of my work. Uh, uh, an- another thing uh, that I think is a challenge is just the um, uh, the realization that leadership pipeline is going to take uh, some intentionality in training. Mm. You know, a lot of times we we just kind of try to get people in these slots, you know, but we don't really train them very well. And so, how how do how do I recruit people? Is it always just from the platform? Hey, emergency, we need right. we need more workers over here. Uh, we've had those conversations before. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the best way to recruit? What's the best way to uh, assess whether someone's got the aptitude for this role? What's the best way to um, uh, train them and prepare them for this? And then what's the best way to support them while they're in it? You know, Glenn, that's just a lot of work. It is. It's just a lot of work to think that through and create those uh, training modules, you know, along the way. And some people go, well, I just don't have time to do this. But honestly, if you don't do it, you're just looking for um, conflict yep. and, and probably chaos down the line. And, you're, and your ministry is just going to stall out. Yeah. And, and this is why we do what we do at Disciple First is this idea of trying to come alongside and help coach and and and, and hold you accountable and but helping you think through uh, these dynamics so you don't have to have to do it out on your own. Yeah. So, you know, I, I we are always working with with leadership teams to think through these these uh, these new these new ideas that are they're working through. So tell me about this. In, in your estimation, why why is a leadership pipeline necessary for a disciple making church? Yeah, well, um, if you're a disciple making church, you wanted to produce disciples that multiply, 
and you're wanting to grow that church and multiply the church, the only way you can do that is through disciple-making leaders. And the only way you get those leaders is that you develop them down the pathway from explore to connect to grow to multiply, but also you develop them up the pipeline at every level of leadership. And I think, Glenn, you and I came to the point where we said, hey, man, we've been moving people down the pathway but but we've got to get we got to get this DNA these disciple making DNA top down in every strata of our church leadership pipeline, and that's what really kind of was a big uh, a switch that flipped you know inside of our own mind to say hey we we're we've not been very intentional with this we just kind of been letting it happen and many times getting people in key roles that did not have a disciple making DNA and then then they can actually be a hindrance to it. They can sabotage a lot. Exactly. And unintentionally even. Right. And 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 it's our own fault. It's like it's like self-inflicted wound because we put them there, but we didn't really develop them. And so we realized, hey, we can't keep doing this. We have to really lean in on both moving people down the pathway, but also up the pipeline so that we have a whole church full of disciple-making leaders. And to me, when you have that, then you've got synergy, then you've got unit, unity wrapped around the mission, and now you can begin to multiply and create a movement. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, thanks for taking a little bit of time to talk about this uh, this idea uh, in our episode about why every church should have a leadership pipeline. Uh, I hope that this has been a, a great conversation for those of you who are listening. And uh, if there's anything we can do as an organization, Disciple First can do to help you as you're thinking about how do we implement this, please don't hesitate to go to our website, www disciplefirst.com um, we and you can reach out to us we'd be happy to uh, make contact with you also we have a great resource it's called the disciple making leader which actually goes into uh, that book goes into a lot of deep detail uh, and uh, be happy to to share that with you as well and uh, I'm real excited about our next uh, our next episode because we're actually going to be having one of our one of our friends on with us to talk about this idea of how that happened in his own life so uh, it's going to be a great episode in our next one but hey Craig thanks again for taking some time you I love you really buddy love you too man and uh, even even though your hair is no longer no longer around or whatever but uh, I still <laughs> I know <laughs> you still got yours I, I'm so jealous I know so keep being <laughs> so all right buddy well hey and uh, great to see you, and, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk together soon. Thank you for listening to the Disciple Making Leader podcast brought to you by Disciple First. We hope today's episode has been both helpful and challenging in your journey to becoming a disciple-making leader. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to make sure you hear the next episode. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, keep making Jesus the model for your life and ministry.